November 18th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, we'll be narrating from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 19, through chapter 2, verse 17. If you have true saving faith, you will practice impartiality and see people in terms of character and not clothing or possessions or positions. You will not cater to the rich or ignore the poor, but you'll love each person for the sake of Jesus Christ. Christian love simply means treating others the way the Lord treats you and doing it in the power of the Spirit. True saving faith is also seen in activity. Faith is not something you only talk about. It's something that motivates your life so that you think of others and serve them. Abraham was saved by faith, but he proved that faith by obeying God and offering his son. Rahab the harlot was saved by trusting God, but she showed the reality of her faith by protecting the spies. James and Paul do not contradict each other. They complement each other. We are justified, that is, declared righteous before God by faith. But we are justified before men by works. God can see our faith. But men? Well, men can see only our works. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. November 18th, James chapter 1, verse 19. Through chapter 2, verse 17. My dear brothers and sisters, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Your anger can never make things right in God's sight. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts, for it is strong enough to save your souls. And remember, it is a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you are only fooling yourself. For if you just listen and don't obey, it is like looking at your face in a mirror, but doing nothing to improve your appearance. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law— the law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're just fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and lasting religion in the sight of God our Father means that we must care for orphans and widows in their troubles and refuse to let the world corrupt us. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim that you have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people more than others? For instance, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in shabby clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that you are guided by wrong motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. 
Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom God promised to those who love Him? And yet you insult the poor man. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed. It is good when you truly obey our Lord's royal command found in the Scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you pay special attention to the rich, you are committing a sin, for you are guilty of breaking that law. And the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as the person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said, Do not commit adultery, also said, Do not murder. So if you murder someone, you have broken the entire law, even if you do not commit adultery. So, whenever you speak, or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law of love, the law that set you free. For there will be no mercy for you if you have not been merciful to others. But if you have been merciful, then God's mercy toward you will win out over His judgment against you. Dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? That kind of faith can't save anyone. Suppose you see a brother or sister who needs food or clothing, and you say, Well, goodbye, and God bless you. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, it isn't enough just to have faith. Faith that doesn't show itself by good deeds is no faith at all. It is dead and useless. God hates a coward. God hates a coward. Proverbs 21 and 8 says, But the cowardly and the unbelievers, murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which is the second death. God wrote that I didn't. Who leads the list of that ragtag mob? The cowardly. Look at your spiritual forefathers in the faith. Moses, with a shepherd's staff, invades the royal court of Pharaoh. Pharaoh, who's considered God on earth, who has the most mighty army that any nation ever assembled together. And he looked him in the face and said, Let my people go! He was not afraid. Look at David, the shepherd boy, bringing a swing. And David and, da and Goliath is coming against him. And David looks at him and said, You come to me with a sword and spear, but I am coming to you in the name of the Lord. Duck, Leroy, here comes an exceeding head rake you're not going to get over. Jesus, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying. 500 Roman soldiers come from the Antonian fortress to arrest one Jewish rabbi praying in the garden. Think about that. 500 battle-ready Roman soldiers to arrest one Jewish rabbi praying with 12 sleeping disciples. They said, we seek Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. And they fell on the ground like dead men. Jesus was no coward. I want to tell you something. 
Jesus lost his life at Calvary, but he didn't lose the fight. God will give you only what you're willing to fight for. Satan attacks you because you're God's child and he hates God's property. Satan attacks you because you're the light of the world and he's the prince of darkness. Satan attacks you because you're the truth and he's the father of lies. Satan attacks you because you're a soldier of the cross. You're anointed. You have the word of God. You have covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can take the sword of the truth of God and attack the gates of hell. You're a threat to him. Whenever you roll over in bed, every devil in Bear County gets a migraine headache. That's why he hates you. And to those of you who name the name of Christ, Stop allowing Satan and his demonic goons to, to destroy your marriage. Put on the whole armor of God and fight back. Quit allowing him to attack your health. The Bible says by his stripes we are healed. Quit allowing him to attack your finances. The Bible says God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will make him give it back to you sevenfold. Stop allowing the devil to rob you of your peace because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Stop allowing Satan to rob you of your joy. In his presence is the fullness of joy. Do you want it? Then fight for it. Do you want it? Then fight for it. Hey guys, my name is Rick Rhodes. I'm in phase two um, in my seventh week right now. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about where I was and where I am now, where I hope I'm going. Um, before I came to the refuge, um, you know, I just had an addictive personality. Um, I went through life just not knowing really what my identity was. And uh, I just needed to, needed to change. Um, I'm 32 years old now, and uh, once I came to the refuge, um, and I was in phase one for a few weeks, um, that change was what I found in Jesus Christ. Um, I, I talked a little bit about my identity. Um, you know, I never knew who I was, but I found that identity and finding out what Jesus Christ really did for us by dying for our sins. Um, I, I, I just, you know gave it all to Jesus at one point I just saw the light and I just took off from there um, my best experience in the refuge so far is just being around my brothers in general I've gained friends but I've, I've also gained some some relationships that I, I wouldn't trade for the world but um, most of all um, it's just being able to praise the Lord like I never have before and just being able to understand it so much more and all the things I've learned about the love of God and what what he's truly done for us and the grace that he gives us every day um, my future um, I have two sons so for my future um, I just want to be the best father that I can be to them um, you know all glory be to God I wouldn't have them or anything in my life if it wasn't for God so um, I just want to be able to cherish what God has given me and that's two beautiful boys I love very much. And I just want to be the best father I can be to them. Um, some words of encouragement that I would have for you guys in phase one. Um, I, know, I know you hear this a lot probably, but just stick it out. Once you get to phase two and um, you just um, start working and everything just starts going by so much quicker. And you get into this um, kind of this game plan. And the flow of things just just changes ultimately to where you can just get back get back and give back. You start doing outreach, 
Um, you see what it really is to be a disciple in the learning process every day of your life, to be a true Christian and to work for the Lord, and just to give back to the people who need it most. Um, I, I hope that helps some of you guys. I love you guys. I hope to see you all up here soon. And uh, thanks a lot. Psalm 117, verses 1 and 2. Well, this short psalm is about a big subject, helping all the nations to praise the Lord. God called Israel to be a blessing to all the nations of the world, just as He has called His church to take the gospel to the whole world. The nations are worshiping false gods. So, what do we tell them about the true God? That His mercy is great and His truth is enduring. What He does is merciful, and what He says is dependable. See, God blesses you so that you might be a blessing to others, not only the people you see every day, but people you will never see until you get to heaven. Are you helping the peoples of the world learn about Jesus? Henry Martin wrote, The Spirit of Christ is the Spirit of Missions. And the nearer we get to Him, the more intensely missionary we must become. Psalm 117, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you people of the earth. For He loves us with unfailing love. The faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 28, verse 1. The wicked run away when no one is chasing them, but the godly are as bold as lions. <laughs>